Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Welcome to episode 14 of On The Way. This is our sixth episode in the book of Hebrews. Today we're going to finish talking about Hebrews 4 and go all the way through chapter 5 and chapter 6. So it's a big chunk here today. Um, These chapters introduce the idea of Jesus as the great high priest. He's the high priest who is greater than all the other high priests. In order to fully grasp the importance of this statement, you have to at least have some understanding of who Israel's high priests were. You remember that Israel's priests are descendants of Aaron, Moses' brother. Their job was to represent Israel before God and offer sacrifices that atoned for or covered over the sins of the people. So if you're a Protestant Christian, this concept is maybe a little bit foreign to you, but if you're a Catholic Christian, you're probably very familiar with it. That's because Catholics still observe the sacrament of penance. That's the practice of confessing sins to God through a mediator, through a priest. I personally have a really hard time reconciling the Catholic practice of penance with 1 Timothy 2 verse 5, which says, there is one God and one mediator who reconciles God and humanity. The man, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, not a priest, is the mediator. The problem is that the priests are morally flawed, just like all people are morally flawed. So back when priests offered sacrifices, they kept having to offer sacrifices for their own sins in addition to everybody else's sins. And the constant repetition, the never-ending cycle of sin and sacrifice sin and sacrifices just wasn't working. It wasn't good enough. So something more was needed. And that something more was Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate priest. He's perfect. But he's not a descendant of Aaron like all the other priests are. That's important because Psalm 110.4 says this about the Messiah. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. A priest forever. The problem is that no human priest can fulfill this promise. How can someone be a priest forever? Only if they are more than a human So the author's whole point is that Jesus is the ultimate priest king. He is superior to any other mediator between God and humans. He doesn't sin. He reigns forever, and he can offer one perfect sacrifice for all the sins of history. So let's dive into the passage, Hebrews 4.14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So that's the big idea. But so what? Why do we care that Jesus is the ultimate high priest? Verse 16 tells us, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Wow. We will receive mercy, and his grace will help us in our time of greatest need. Do you feel that kind of confidence? Do you feel confidence in God's grace? Can you come boldly to the throne of God? 
The only way to find that confidence is not by looking at your own goodness, but by looking at God's goodness. One of my favorite verses in the book of Hebrews is Hebrews 5.8. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Sometimes we think uh, that Jesus never sinned because he never was tempted to sin, but that's not the case. Jesus was tempted. Jesus experienced pain and suffering, but he was so connected to God the Father as the high priest that the Father empowered him not to sin. All other priests were connected to God at, at a level greater than the average person, but their connection was not strong enough to accomplish what Jesus accomplished. And what does it mean that Jesus learned obedience through suffering? Well, the priest's job is to represent people. But if the priest can't relate to the people, if the priest isn't connected to the people, he won't be a good representative. Jesus' suffering prepared him to fully carry the burdens of the sins of the people. He represented them on the cross because he could relate to them on the cross. Verse 9 says, In this way God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Then the author changes his tone, and he starts talking about the immaturity of his readers. It's a little aside where he says that, that they should know all this by now. In fact, they should be teaching this by now. Hebrews 5.12 says, You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. So what is this solid food that Jewish Christians aren't ready for? Well, apparently it's something that mature Christians can handle, but immature Christians cannot. He continues in verse 12, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right. So someone who is an immature Christian is a Christian who doesn't know how to do what is right. At New Life, we say a mature Christian is a generous Christian. Mature love is sacrificial love. When we first get saved, we come to God because he's offering us something that we want. It's always for selfish reasons that we get saved. He's offering us hope and we want hope. He's offering us forgiveness and we want forgiveness. He's offering us fellowship and we want fellowship. But as we mature, we start to follow Jesus, not just because we can get something from him, but because it's a way to give something to him. As love matures, in all relationships, this is true. As love matures, it becomes more and more sacrificial. He'll continue that thought in chapter 6. In the beginning of chapter 6, he's still venting. Now he's talking about having to try to keep them from leaving the faith because leaving the faith and then coming back is like cru crucifying Jesus a second time. Well, the whole point of Jesus' sacrifice is that it's only a one-time event. It only had to happen once. Then in verse 10, the author describes what he's talking about. Apparently, this solid food will keep people from falling away. So what is the solid food that keeps us from falling away? Verse 10 tells us, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire, verse, verse 11, our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. In essence, he's saying that caring for each other, caring for other believers will keep them from falling away, will keep them connected to the body. Well, that makes sense. As a sacrifice for my family, I become more and more connected to my family. If I am selfish in my relationship with my family, our family will begin to fall apart. 
He's not saying that we need to care for believers to earn salvation or to keep salvation, but caring for others will keep us from walking away. Caring for others, giving to others, loving each other will keep us connected to the family so we will not walk away from it. This isn't meant to cause doubt about salvation. It's advice about how to stay connected. He makes this obvious because verse 18 returns to the idea of Jesus' grace, giving us the ability to come boldly to the throne of God. Hebrews 6, verse 18. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor, anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is the high priest, and he has made us priests. He made us worthy to enter the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, but this high priest made us holy. Now we can enter the Holy of Holies. In fact, we are in the inner sanctuary, and we are the inner sanctuary. We are the holy of holies. He washed us clean. He made us righteous. We are now his bride. We are united to him. We enter the sanctuary with him because we have been made one with him. And that gets us through chapter 6. Next week, we'll discuss chapter 7. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On the Way. Here are the discussion questions for the episode. Number one, the role of the priest was to represent people to God. The Catholic Church practices penance. The Protestant Church doesn't require Christians to use priests as a mediator between God and man. Which tradition do you think is honoring the lessons of Hebrews 5 and 6? You can see 1 Timothy 2.5 for more. Number two, only God's goodness can save us. Does God's grace give you the confidence to come boldly before the throne of God? Or are you more distracted by your own insufficiencies? Number three, when you read the author of Hebrews criticizing these Jewish Christians for being immature in their faith, how do you feel? Describe your own journey from milk to solid food. Number four, when God saves us, he makes us holy. Hebrews 5.19 tells us that we can enter into the inner sanctuary, the holy of holies with Jesus. He is the high priest who makes us high priests. What does that tell us about what God's grace accomplished in our lives? 